Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts as we get ready to ride down the hill. We are your hosts, Kenyon Ferris and G.I. Dro. Man, this dude's a piece of shit. Was it Miss Biatch? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my nether regions are like burning. Or, you know, yeah. not the party, uh, just the gathering people. It's not unusual to see bowls next to China. Oh, yes! The damn physics and the geometry of it. You're getting the pink slip, you're fired. Hell yeah, That's John Kemp's mm-hmm. nuts in your face. He really is a sick bastard, then. Smithers, Smithers. Excellent, excellent. Snitch on yourself, trying to snitch on me. It's not going to work. But uh, I haven't received any Space Jam memorabilia, as promised. Bitch, you will never be Michael Jordan. And you walked away. So you really are the run. Just the thought of space scares the shit out of me. And he's going to tickle your ass <laughs> until he gets to your balls. Yes warps my mind um you know we call it a bullshit or they would call me the white usher why the fuck is everybody calling me justin you know you motherfucker you said it the yo yo this is Kenyon ferris and you're listening to the hill and we have a groundbreaking episode this week we're gonna do our first dual interview so get ready for some double trouble ladies and gentlemen please welcome the inseparable too legit to quit. Best friends, homies for life. Marietta Abay slash Mary Scott and Noalani Noah, aka Ali slash Sarah slash Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Lonnie, I know you have a treasure box of names. What should we call you? Uh, let, let's just let's just go with Oli. Y'all know me as Oli from back in the day. So let's let's. Let's do that. And there's okay. a reason for all the names, too. So, apology. That sounds good <laughs> Thank to me. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah. For sure. Oli's where it's at, for sure. <laughs> so, tell me, uh, how'd you guys meet? Damn, through Sophie, right? Yeah, through our friend Sophie. Sophie, okay. I was, Have I ever met Sophie? I don't think so. Maybe at gotcha. a house party or something. No, but, yeah. no. Gotcha. Was she from, like, the Juanita area? Yeah. Yeah. She went to Inglemore. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So w- what's what's new with you guys? How have you guys been? Oh my God. <laughs> We've been good. Everything is new. I don't even know when the last time I saw you was. It's got it definitely over a decade. Yeah, it's been a long time, probably since high school, or maybe, you know, a random meeting at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely the last time I saw you was at Liquid Lime. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that was probably around 2008, right? Wow, for sure. Wow. 2007, 2008, because I think I saw you right before I moved to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, and wow. you used to hang out with my little sister Kiara, right? Yes, I did. I, yeah, me and Kiara were real close. So. Oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, Kiara lives up here now, uh, up in Oregon. So I see mm-hmm. her probably once a week. So oh, she lives in Oregon. Okay. Yeah, she got nine kids, so she, you know, she's like the genetic jackhammer. So yeah, she is. I thought I'm gonna be him with five. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. Me and Mary used to kick it quite a bit Uh, in high school. We had uh, we had uh, you know uh, groups that we used to hang out in. Luke Barney's group, and then Ross Ross Goodison's group. Yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Mary, how have you been? I've been good. I got married. I have a daughter who's three. her name is Evelyn. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. she's a little cutie. All your guys' kids are cuties. No, are yours. You guys are like little twins. Yeah. 
it's crazy, man. <laughs> just life goes by so fast, and the kids just get bigger like every day. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I, sure. I I was just telling my husband that every time Evelyn goes to bed, I'm pretty sure she grows a foot, like in her sleep, <laughs> like for real. Yeah, she's hella tall. She's very tall, bro. She's like, she's in the 99th percentile for her age. She's a beast. Oh my god! So <laughs> she's like the height of like a four year old. She's like the height of like a five year old, and yeah. she's three. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. How tall is Solomon? Solomon is like six two, okay. and I'm five. I'm five six. So okay. she's gonna yeah. be hella tall. For yeah, sure. she is. Yeah, she is. So, uh, Ollie, tell us about your kids. What are their names? Uh, TJ. So, Taiwan, Tylee. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music, Taylor, and Patience. But we call her Pepe, which means baby in someone. Oh, wow. That's unique. Pepe? Yeah. Okay. And they're yeah. also giants. Actually, my daughter, the oldest daughter, totally skipped a damn size like she went from 10 12 no no she skipped 10 12 she went she skipped 10 12 and went straight to 14 16 and so now has no like I went through this whole phase with her where I'm just like dude like I got to go you know do the whole shopping things and hell money because she just had no clothes that fit her and like that was overnight and I'm just like how did this happen like what what's going on you know and, and how old is she she's uh she's nine gotcha okay yeah, that's kind of like with my oldest daughter, Kylie. She's 11. But man, like the last year, she just got hella thick. Like she became a woman <laughs> the last that, year. Like and, what? Uh, I'm like, what happened to my skinny twig? You know? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what That's funny. Her name is Kylie. Yeah, my this one is Tylee. That's funny. <laughs> that's oh, like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so I have a list of my wife. She does all the school shopping, all the clothes shopping for the girls. I do everything for the boy. My son... Uh, thank God I have him because I've known nothing but women my whole life. Yeah, yeah you have. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> have. You're like your sisters, your mom. That's so true. Yeah, my mom, grandma, they both raised me. Kiara, Kyra. Kyra yeah. having, uh, you know, daughters living with us. And then me having yeah. daughters. Living you know, with I used Alyssa. to live with your cousin too, right, Ron? He was my roommate for a little oh, for that's a while. That's right. That's yeah. right. Who was? Ron. Oh, what? My cousin? You don't, yeah. I don't know if you were gone there that time, but yeah, we were roommates. Remember their their apartment in Kirkland, and then we had moved to the townhouse house for no. I, I love Ron. He's very flamboyant. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, he's out. Did he always used to say, "Let's mow it up"? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had a lot of fun. So tell me, uh, how did you guys meet each other? What was your first impression of each other? Oh, oh man! Yes. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. Let me. I met. Well, first of all, I met. So Sophie, who introduced us, we were at uh, what was that club? The sixteen and older club, which I was fifteen, by the way. But Studio, so B. Studio, Studio B. Studio B. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. No, Studio, Studio B. B. Studio B. So Mary's in there, and like I had just like you know she's introducing me to her friends or whatever. So she's standing next to Mary and some other people. And so I'm like, oh, hi, you know me. Like, I'm a hugger. I'm like, you know, trying to give her a hug. Mary acted so fucking hard. Like, she was hardcore. And I'm like, oh, okay. But she was like, yo, what's up? Like, what? I was like, okay. okay. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain, because people are probably like, that's so out of character for me. Right? Yes, please do. 
So the reason I was like that is because at the time, you know, I was like obsessed with Solomon and that was my man, but like every bitch wanted him so tough. And I was like on constant at the club. I was always on defense mode because I never trusted any of these girls. So funny, I hadn't even met Solomon. And you hadn't even met him, but I was just like, she looks like the type that would like him. <laughs> so oh I was- I was just kissing on my territory, but obviously it lasted for like a minute because like we're in love now and like she's my best friend. So that obviously I stopped it. But it's so funny. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. <laughs> oh she my God. She didn't even give me a full hug. It was like Aww. one of those, it was like a one handed, like over, you know, like, oh, what's that? Like, oh. like straight up. She's like, that's fucked up. So you had, you had red laser eyes the first time seeing Ollie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually happens, like, girl. cause girls, girls just used to mess with me for no reason. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start being like, off like that. that. Yeah. I'm gonna start, you know, I'm gonna set the tone. Yeah, girls can be pretty nasty to each other. You know, yeah, I'm realizing that. Bitches, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, girls can be uh, biatches, that's for sure. I'm realizing that with my oldest daughter, like, her friends, it's fucking weird. Like, one moment they're homies, and the next week they got into a little verbal argument, and they won't talk to each other. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Alyssa, my wife, she tells me about... You know, all, all of her friends, friends that I've met yeah. throughout the years in Vegas, Houston, and here. One moment they're tight, and the next yeah. moment they're not. I'm like, man, yeah. that's crazy. That's like the total opposite of, of me, or like guys in general. Guys like, hey, what's up, motherfucker? What's cracking? Yeah, no, <laughs> guys know? are so guys are so loyal to each other, and they're like just so friendly. Like Solomon went to AutoZone one day and came back and was like, yeah, I'm at this dude, he's hella cool. I think we're gonna get a beer later. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's like you just meet friends? Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, definitely. You have to find some common interest with people for sure. And guys are more accepting of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think girls, it's really sad because like we could seriously run the, the world if yeah. we just united. Like we would run the world together. So I think it's like, as you get older though, you get less defensive and- I mean, let's be honest, ladies run the show. They really do. Yeah. Men will bow down if yeah. women really put the foot down. That's true. For That's real. so true. Yeah. yeah. And I think as women get older, we realize that and we, we kind of like connect. Like I didn't have Facebook for years and I'm so glad I opened my Facebook up like three years ago and like reconnected with everybody. Cause like, it's been amazing. And all these girls that I grew up with, like they're, they're doing so great and it's so happy and it's so fun to log in and like just see everybody doing good and like just everybody's like hi how are you like there's no more there's no bullshit like there was in high school you know oh yeah yeah for sure i mean we've gotten much older you know yeah. we've, we've gone through the trials and tribulations of life all yeah. that stuff you know i took a break from uh, facebook though i took like three years off yeah uh, i think it was like 2015 yeah. to 18 or something yeah. and when i got back on i felt rejuvenated because yeah. it was just a whole bunch of a baloney half the yeah. time, you know? But uh, I remember when I first got back on, you oh, were liking God. everything of mine. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. man, Mary's really cool. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I always thought you were cool, but like, yeah. you gave me a lot of like respect with my yeah. with my pictures and all that. Yeah. And I remember one time. Yeah, yeah. Because you've always been a good guy. You are dope. And that's what I'm talking about. I was so happy to reconnect with everybody because I was just like, you know, these these friendships, like they were so important to me and I want them to be important to me again. And I want to reconnect with people. And I just think like after COVID and everything, it, thing, it puts things into perspective. Life is too short. We should seriously 
be friends and connect and like what what you know what what's the point what's that what what's the point of living if you're not you know connecting and like telling everybody like yo you look great your family you know exactly Mm -hmm. what's the point of being negative when it feels so good to be positive you know there's no there's no point for baloney you know i remember that one time you posted something about you're going you're going to a little diner in juanita or something and this yeah this white guy was like uh you know hush your kid she's too loud or something yeah, I, I just remember thinking, fuck that motherfucker. If I was there, <laughs> I would have told him to shut his fat ass up. Yeah, I, you know, that was that. So my daughter has is um, she's on the autism spectrum and she was nonverbal. And at the time she was really nonverbal and she was starting to find her voice. And so she was um, like making noises and like being loud, but the restaurant itself was loud. It was like five o'clock at Plaza Garcia on a weekday. Like everybody was there. And this guy literally was like, Hey, you don't yell in restaurants. And he was literally yelling at my like two-year-old at the time. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. And I was so like, I didn't do anything because it honestly scared the shit out of me. But I know if I was with Solomon, he wouldn't have even, he wouldn't have said shit if I was with a man. Like, there's no way he would have, you know, and the restaurant was packed. And I don't know what his issue was. That was so traumatizing. Yeah, that guy was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people are just born racist, you know, but crazy. So, Ali, tell me a little bit about your background. Where were you born, raised? Uh, Tell us, tell us all about it. Ooh, you don't want that story. <laughs> oh, fill me in. Um, I'm ready. Um, born in Hawaii, raised uh, in Cali, and then brought here to Washington. But I would go back. Oh, my God. This is actually a great point. Last night, I got into it with this girl, actually. I was at a get-together, and she started drama with my friend. But she start, she made it like a race thing. And we were majority Black in that party. I'm Samoan, of course, or whatever. But, and, and, uh, I, but so again, when you asked me about like how I was raised, so like I would literally go back and forth from like the suburbs of Washington. And then every summer I would go back to Compton. And so there was a lot of like identity crisis there. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, you know what I mean? Like I would come to Washington to go to school and I would be called nigger in school. You know, yeah. then I would go to, back to Compton every summer and I was too white. You know, oh. you know what I mean? Mm. So it, it's funny that you asked this question because last night I had an altercation uh, with this girl because she was trying to tell me that, oh, I, like, she just brought it. She made it a race thing, whatever she was going through with my friend or whatever. She made it a race thing and she tried to come at me and there was alcohol involved. <laughs> you Wait, know, was she white? No, she's black. Okay. But I get that very often from, um, it's funny that, you know, but what was she saying about you? She was telling me that I don't understand. And I'm like, girl, don't Um, tell me I don't understand because you don't look at me as black because the rest of the world, when I walk in, when I walk in, they view me as black. I have been nothing but viewed as black my entire life, which is a lot of why I've made the decisions I've made, the the routes that I've gone down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But anyways, that that has a lot to do with when she said, when she said you don't understand, what, what what did she mean by that? She was saying that I don't understand. Um, she was saying, oh, as a black woman, she, she, she was like talking about an altercation that had happened between they were having a party. Basically, we were on like a rooftop setting. They had a party going on. 
we also had a different party going on and there was something that happened with one of our homeboys that entered her party and you know he was probably trying to be fresh or whatever the case but she just really took it kind of to the next level of like being like oh I'm a black woman and when a black the black man want to come you know what I mean she she made it into something and I totally yeah uh I think that there might have been you know a great point to whatever she was trying to say but you know there was alcohol involved people were drunk it was late and you know whatever um you but, think she might have felt insecure by your presence maybe I don't think that that was the problem I think that a lot of times with the situation that was at hand with what we're talking about is that um, when situations do occur, there are people out there. I mean, if this is going into a whole nother thing. But, <laughs> no, let's do it. no, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, you know, when race is brought up, it, it gets very serious. It can get very intimate, right? We all have, like, you know, our personal experiences with that. Um, I, deal, I, I feel like Black women, especially, can get very defensive and they can, you know what I mean? But but with what she was saying, which again has happened to me multiple times with, you know, other black women, um, it's it's like, you know, obviously I'm brown. Even like Kiara, you know what I mean? Like Kiara, they look at Kiara like, oh, she a light skinned girl and pretty and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, yeah, you don't it's, kind of you can personalize it so much that you are not aware that oh looking at a brown girl yeah she might get treated just like you too you know what i mean like so was she yeah. was she discrediting your yeah, the people that sure. are prejudiced against you because you're technically not a black woman even and, though and that's like, and that's even up for yeah. i still don't know my daddy you know that's why i say i'm Samoan in mystery whatever but the point yeah. is is that don't ever like i and you know this is great because for whoever hears this i just hope that this brings awareness um that yeah i may be brown but uh don't ever think that because you're black and i maybe look like i'm brown to you when when uh, when i walk into stores when i go do an interview for work yeah i go through those same those same things mm. that that in my mind i question whether or not i should straighten my hair i have to you know sometimes i get followed in the stores depending on like you know, yeah, if I'm dressed nicer, sometimes it's a little, you know, more whatever. But if, you know, a lot of times I'm real hood, you know what I mean? So I get those same um, judgments, you know? And right. I think, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's just, I think that it's, 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 it's a hard thing to talk about, right? Because the, well, know, the only I'm, thing I can yeah. say, because I used to tell Kiara this back in the day, because she had a lot of problems with girls. You yeah, know, I don't know if they were like, you know, just jealous of her, her prettiness or what, yeah. or they're, you know, I, I have no idea, but Kiara always had problems back in the day and mm -hmm. I never had problems with whites, blacks, anything, you know, yeah. I, I just was always myself. And if they didn't like me, fuck them, you know, yeah. but with Kiara, I would always tell her, Kiara, just be yourself. People yeah. will be attracted to you. If you just exert your personality, yeah. always be yourself. And yeah. she just had a rough, man, Kiara went to hella schools because of people, you know, and, um, you know, but I totally dig it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that are insecure in their skin, you know, um, maybe that black girl was like that. I have no idea, but, uh, you know, I moved my whole family to Houston, Texas, 
I mean, yeah. th- that's the dirty mm-hmm. South. I moved from white ass fucking Springfield, Oregon to Houston, Texas. <laughs> and and I was ready, dude. I was ready. I had a job opportunity. I said, babe, we going to Houston. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to make the best out of it. So yeah. as soon as we get down there, it's like, a, a man, it's like a melting pot of all these ethnicities, you know, and um, I was like, oh, man, this is great to see. My kids are going to see a different side of life. And man, I, I took to it and it was awesome. My wife took to it. Um, and then we moved back to Oregon because the job situation didn't work out. But, um, you know, back in Houston, there was a lot of black folk and they were comfortable in, in their own skin. Yeah. You know? uh, there, there wasn't no prejudices, uh, no jealousy, nothing. A lot of it, I think it tends to where you live and yeah. just, you know, that, that own areas society, like where you live. You know, because mm-hmm. Kirkland, it can, you know, back in the day, it could be, be perceived as hella white, you know, yeah. uh, say, anywhere on the east side. Uh, where mm-hmm. I live in Oregon, it's, it's you know, not a lot of black or really nothing else. It's pretty much a lot of white, but it's getting better here. There's a lot of mixed couples. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, it, it's crazy because me being mixed, I, I've seen everything happen. You know, I, I've seen racism, you know, uh, t- you know, with my mom and grandma when we go out to like Denny's or whatever. But uh you know, now as me being adult, I just, I, I choose not to pay attention to it. So, but yeah, that, so how old were you when you moved to Cali from Hawaii? I'm sorry. What'd you say? How old were you when you moved to Cali from Hawaii? Oh, I was, I was like two months. Literally they just waited till I could get on a plane and then we moved to LA. Oh man. So you came right out the oven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, what what part of Cali you said, Compton? Compton. Yeah. Well, and then is, I, I have another. Different. I have another family that kind of um, they adopted me pretty much because of you know my mother was I'll call her just a Rolling Stone, uh, but uh, because of you know her another family had kind of adopted me so that was in the Wilmington area. I don't know if you but for people who don't know Cali, it's like you know Carson um, area. People call Carson Little Samoa because there's so many Samoans there. <laughs> that's crazy so um so growing up in compton um did you ever like listen to nwa or anything like that you know what's so funny i i actually you know i don't know if you know this but hip-hop became i mean music i i thought music was gonna be my you know life i thought i would be a singer or songwriter or whatever but um when it comes to hip-hop i am a i'm a hip-hop fan not a rap fan yeah so it's funny because um, like NWA and all of that, like, yeah, of course, like, you know, I rock with it, whatever, but it doesn't really speak to me. It never really has. Yeah. Never. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like. I mean, no. you definitely have to have an acquired taste to listen to something like NWA. You yeah. Know? <laughs> There's definitely something about, you know, when you were in Cali and those old songs come up, there's definitely like this feeling of like, you know, like. Uh, nostalgia you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling when you're when you're actually out there and those songs come up because it, it's it's just a whole nother vibe you know rather yeah. than like, hearing it here in Washington we're like oh yeah west coast like no it's totally different Cali is a completely different vibe yeah. just in a whole I mean southern LA it's just like it's like a utopia of just free will yeah you know? it, it's I actually like this is a perfect example like yesterday I'm like damn you know I I love fashion I like to dress or whatever 
So I'm getting dressed to go to this party, whatever. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I wanted to wear this hat. And I was like, oh, yo, this is so, it's fire, whatever. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of get self-conscious. Like, oh, people didn't think she's doing too much or whatever. But in L.A., I would have never even thought twice because everybody is about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that she say that. It's a whole different vibe. That's so funny because Sophie was just saying, uh, like, she goes out in public here in things that she would never wear in California. Yeah. Like, she's like, if I was in California, I would never step it up the house like this. I was like, damn. <laughs> no, for real, though, mm-hmm. Washington, you know, people like, like, like going to stores in, in pajamas is a real thing out here. This is what people do. Mm-hmm. Like, if I've never seen that in LA, not once. You know what I mean? That's what Solomon says about Texas, though, too. When he lived in Texas, he was like, no. Yeah, but people out here, like, you go to the grocery store, you go see somebody in pajamas, and you're just going to be like, oh, okay. Well, Kirkland (laughs) has changed a lot, you know, since, like, the 90s and early 2000s, right? Yeah. I I was gone for 10 years. I came back, and I'm like, why the fuck does... Oh, sorry for cursing. No, you can curse. Trust me, I don't give a shit if you curse. Yeah, Kirkland Kirkland looks like Bellevue now. We got tolls on the freeways. Like, what happened? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Full disclosure, you guys can get as, you know, (laughs) profanity-laced as you want. Good, good, good. On the podcast, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, Mary, uh, I remember, you know, we used to kick it quite a bit. Um, yeah, but I swear we met way before the kicking it days. Like, didn't we meet in daycare or something? What? Oh my god, maybe I don't know. Yeah, because I remember when you first started coming around, like with Luke Barney, I'd yeah. be like, Yeah, I know her. Like, <laughs> that's where I thought I know her. You wow, know, uh, from maybe. daycare or you just something. Oh, you know <laughs> what? What it was? Oh, church. It was you and oh, Jamie Fortes. Yeah. Yeah, it was church. Y- you and Jamie Fortes. Yeah, Ford. Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ford. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yes. Yes, well, that's well, true. It was like church camps or something like that. Yeah, it was family camp. Yeah. yeah. Which is so crazy because I was just like, I was just thinking about that not too long ago and how like we knew, I knew like Ronnie, you, like, uh, we David Strzeski. Yeah, David Strzeski, John and Joe Luzzi, like everybody that went to those church, the churches or whatever, and that was so so much fun. No, no church stuff happening though at night. <laughs> oh yeah, they man, they, they made sure to put the kids on lockup for sure. <laughs> um, That's so funny. Yeah, were- and then yeah, I have the vivid memory of you like driving around in your car eating chicken sandwiches with barbecue sauce from Jack and <laughs> oh, oh. and like. And I remember you, like, the way you would dance to, like, Tech 9, you'd put your arms out and, like, do, like, this wave thing. And I was like, yes! Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and and we worked at Pizza Time together, and we were the beat. What? Yeah. You we worked at Pizza Time? For, like, a day. And then I was like, this really isn't for me. <laughs> like, I'm much... I'm like, I'm, I'm, oh, like, I'm not really a worker. <laughs> hey, um, you know, uh, I remember, you know, I kind of... I got introduced to Jennifer Trainer. Yeah. And I remember she came to Pizza Time one time. She yeah. walked from her house and you guys were tight. Whatever happened to her? Yeah. Oh. She's doing great. It's funny you ask because 
uh, her and I, like, we, we kind of like disconnected for years and years and years and years. And then like last year, right, or right before COVID hit, I had this urge to like reach out to her just to see like, if she's alive, what she's doing. Bro, she is a personal trainer. She lives in Seattle. She's super healthy and fit. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't drink. Uh, she's all about like health and nutrition and fitness. And she's kind of like an introvert now and like a bit of a loner. And she just like loves her little life of working and like concerts and stuff like that. And we like we reconnected right during like uh, right during COVID. So we only met up once to go for a walk. But once all the you know once yeah. everything was safe, we plan on like definitely hanging out again. Well, she's doing really good. That's dope. I'm glad she's doing well. Uh, yeah. Next time you talk with her, tell her I said hi. I will. I will for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. And then after that was the Ross days. We hung out for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you still talk with Ross? On Facebook, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I remember uh, um, watching his uh, Facebook feed, and uh, he, there was a lot of pictures with him and these dudes in Vegas. Recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to kick it with him. I want to kick it. I want to get drunk with him again. I miss those days. I literally was trying to get him to come over the other day. Were I you? Like, yeah, because yeah. I had I was watching my friend's kids, and I was yeah. like, I got all these kids. Please just come pick me. And you can always count on him being like the life of the party for sure. Yeah, he's fun. He uh, what's I gonna say? Yeah, he lives like in I think like White Center now. Wow, crazy! So no more East Side for him. No more East no. Side for him. Wow, yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. Now we, we know Kirkland and the whole East side has changed drastically. Can both of you elaborate on how you perceived Kirkland back in the day and the contrast between then and now? Oh my God. I feel like, like, so funny. We're like downtown. Right I know we're in, I'm still in Kirkland. I still live on Finn Hill. Uh, but it's kind of weird because like my experiences with Kirkland are so compartmentalized. Like I have like my Juanita Finn Hill experiences with different groups of people then like downtown Kirkland experiences with different groups of people. Like, I guess, and when we were kicking it, like with junior and everybody like, uh, in Kenmore at the wagon wheel. And then like, we'd walk around Finn Hill, we'd go hang out at St. Edwards park and like have fight club. And like, we kind of, it was kind of like more rural back then. And we used to just like walk around all night. And then, like, yeah. Yeah. And then like in the twenties, it was like downtown Kirkland, like the pub, Tiki Joe's yeah. or whatever. And uh, not, it's changed. Well, downtown Kirkland caters to nothing but like adults. Now there's like no, no more bars, no more young people. They definitely want a different class of people there. They don't want kids around like drinking and stuff. Um, Rite Aid is gone. <laughs> All the elementary. It's such so a there's no more like Tiki Joe's or Time Out. No, no, that's all gone. gone. Time Out is long gone, and that was like my favorite. Wow. Um, yeah, and now they've built a bunch of um, like high end retirement like apartments. What do you call those? Like, assisted yeah, living. it's not yeah. even assisted living. It's just like apartments for like 65 plus and they're like high end, like high rise apartments. And that's kind of like what they're wanting in downtown Kirkland now. So like Hector's yeah. is gone. Uh, all the elementary schools have been remodeled and they're like beautiful. Winita high school has been remodeled. Everything is just like. And Winita high, mm -hmm. high school is completely done. It's been completely yeah. remodeled now. Yeah. What does it look like? 
I haven't seen it. I've just seen pictures. I haven't driven down there. I should drive down there, but I heard it's beautiful. I know somebody posted pictures of it and it looks gorgeous and like really modern. And I was like, I was kind of sad. I was like, no, what? Juanita's supposed to be a little dirty, you know? I I don't know if I would want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe that's why I've avoided it subconsciously. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I want (laughs) to hold on to those uh, old memories, you know? But Kingsgate looks the same. (laughs) Oh, for real? (laughs) Yeah. Kingsgate looks the exact same. Mm -hmm. So there's the Safeway and McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What about Tony's Bar and Grill? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. But I want to say that's still there, there, but it's a different name. What's Corona Corona? Well, you're thinking of the game by La Corona. I'm thinking where they have like the 10 chicken wings for a buck 50. You guys remember I, that? You know what? I guess I do. And I think it's still there, but I think it's a different name. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Is is the pizza bank still there? Yeah. Of wow. Course. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ali, tell us about your life after high school. Uh, from our conversation a couple weeks ago, you uh, t- touched on living in New York City. Take us on your ride of life in those ensuing years. <laughs> Go oh my god. Go ahead. <laughs> so funny. Um, you know, well, I feel like this is gonna turn into Super Soul Sunday. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I had I left here uh well at 22. I decided I, I, I moved to New York for a man. Um Ooh. I always knew I I would end up in new york somehow but i really wish for anybody listening you wanted the big apple and multiple reasons yes but for anybody <laughs> listening any women out there any men whatever if you ever want to make a, a move please let it be for you and not you know have it be yeah with somebody else like do it for you and mm-hmm. but anyway um yeah I, I i traveled quite a bit i ended up getting married i got into actually a very abusive marriage um you know, had five kids with him and uh, it, it taught me a lot. Um, living in New York definitely taught me a lot. You know, it taught me how naive I was for sure. Um, it's just a whole different culture. I feel like New York is like the real America. Wow. <laughs> That's then, a statement. Yeah, it wow. is. And, and then you, you know, when, once you leave the city, it's kind of like everything is just so slow. Um, yeah. But so you yeah. lived in the actual city, Manhattan. I lived in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you know, there was so many great experiences. And mind you, I was 22 at that time when I just moved. So I mean, I was a baby still, yeah. you know. Um yeah. So I uh, there was a lot of lessons there. And then we ended up because he did he was a music artist himself, hip-hop artist, so um, just being in the music industry, it you know it, it, it was it's hard. You got you know we traveled around, moved to LA, also lived in Atlanta for a little bit, kind of chasing the the you know the towns that you know were happening. Right. And uh, yeah, all of it was just really. I'm just gonna. I'm trying to really sum it up because there's so. So much. What, what was the culture like in New York? You know, com- like Brooklyn. What was the culture like compared to where where, where you were living at before? You know. Uh, I was living in Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in Kirkland. Um, dude, oh my goodness. I mean, it is the definition of culture. There's because 
I mean, you, it's so beautiful. It's it's miraculous. It's just eye-opening. You know, you hear that reggae music, like, like all down the street. There are even their radio stations. It's just popping. Like, it's just different. You know what I mean? The way that they even, the, the, it's it's a whole, it's all a vibe. Everything is a a vibe. Um, Even even the food, the food is just. All the bodegas. All like, like, you know, you can't get, like, you can go get Puerto Rican. You can go get real real italian pizza on you know in the corner of the block like like i mean it's just it's just different it's so different i'm so glad i got to experience that i feel like the thing about new york is that when you say the real america to me i interpret that as like people come here as immigrants and they keep their culture there they don't separate it and try to like fit in so like you can go get Mexican, you can go get Puerto Rican, you can go get Italian, you can go get a de- like a sub at the deli at the with the Jewish people. Like, it's just you know like, what's funny. It's, it's a real melting pot. You know what's funny? Right. New York, like you know, you go anywhere in the world, Mexicans are everywhere. <laughs> New York, they're not that many. You know, yeah, but that's funny. even when yeah. I, I mean, like when I was out there like ten years ago, whatever. Like you know, they they were you know hearing few and you know coming mm-hmm. up or whatever. But out there, it's more Puerto Rican. But it's funny because in LA, like there's a there's a show that was that was on, and this girl was like, uh, she, this girl was saying like, oh, Mexican girl, or whatever. She was like, I'm Puerto Rican. She's like, not in LA, you not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. It is. LA. Yeah. I, I say I lived in Mexico because I lived in LA. <laughs> yeah, New York. It'll definitely open up your eyes. Uh, I took yeah. my family there. I took my wife there in 2014, and we stayed for a week. And we did everything. We rode the subways everywhere. We really didn't take any taxis. Um, we went to the Empire State Building. Uh, we took the Brooklyn bus. Um, nice. Yeah, it was just a whole bunch of tours that we went on. Um, yeah, we, we did the 9-11 tour. Um, oh, and that was pretty crazy. And we just did as much as possible. We walked or took the subway. And I documented the whole trip. I, I record everything, every vacation that we go on. I record it and I put it on DVDs. I have like 20, 25 DVDs. That's uh, so cool. Your yeah. That. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I've just always done that because, I mean, yeah. I, I think memories, memories tend to fade, but if you can yeah. document it, you know, because yeah. that's why I always post old pictures because I've kept them from back in yeah. the day. So. Yeah, like your music video from back in the day was amazing. <laughs> amazing. I was like, what yeah. are they doing? Trust me, oh there's, yeah, there's a lot more footage Jones of those Travis, days. If you listening to this, you got a big ass head, bro. <laughs> Ever since young, it's yeah, a big ass head. <laughs> Who? Which one? Travis. Oh, Travis. Yeah, oh, shout out to Travis. He popped in. I was like, what is this big ass? <laughs> Travis is a milk dad, bro. Oh, my God. So funny. But, no, but like, what was Andrew Schetzel doing, though? He was like, I don't, you know, you I don't know. know. I mean, y'all, y'all were like the Kirkland G's. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, look at that. How old were you guys? We, we were um, 12 or 13. I think 13. Yeah, but, was, that, uh, was that actually at Fen Hill Junior High? No, that was at Amish Patel's house. Oh, okay, okay. But, you know, looking back on those, uh, you know, that footage, I was hella awkward. Like, fucking just looking at myself, and I wasn't really rapping. I kept staring at, like, Isaiah and fucking Amish and shit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking, you know? You were, you were a kid. Yeah, I know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> 
you weren't. That's what makes it so amazing. It's, it's really cool that you have that yeah. on film because so I don't cool. have anything. My parents, it's like I don't even exist. A- after my oldest brother, my parents didn't take any pictures of me. Like, there's nothing. Wow. <laughs> They're done. There's nothing. Crazy. So, uh, Ali, with your husband at the time, was he? you said he was abusive. Was he mentally and physically abusive? Yes. Gotcha. And yeah. all, any abusive that you can feel or think about yeah that was wow. that and how long were you with him for 10 years gotcha. um still technically i'm married so he won't divorce me but uh you know i'm working on that but yeah yeah so that whole 10 years that you were with him this was in new york that whole duration right no we're in new york we went to atlanta for a little bit and then la is where, gotcha. where we ended up gotcha okay so yeah you know um Abuse can be very hard. You know, my wife, she was uh, abused by, mentally abused by her dad and it kept, you know, pretty much scarred her, you know? So um, her, her and her dad have a weird relationship, but uh, that's when you're married to someone, you know, that, that must be difficult. So um, is that what facilitated your move to Atlanta from New York? You guys want to try something new or? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, again, we were, you know, because of music, we were trying to be wherever music was, you know, right? so Atlanta is such a big music town of, you know, uh, back then, at that point, it was just, you know, the place to be if you were trying to do music. So that's why we were there. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, man, I've always wanted to visit, visit that place. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a Houston, you know, it's just cracking. You know, yeah, I mean, I was, I guess I was also pregnant. I was always pregnant, <laughs> um, yeah. but I was pregnant when I was out there. But uh, I hate, I couldn't stand Atlanta. I felt like uh, that just, yeah, it's fun or whatever, like whatever. But like, as far as like people, they kind of like, to me, they kind of just took it and it's so racist. You know, it's the South, you know? Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different vibe out there too, but you know, it's so crazy when you, when you're, you travel around and you kind of see, like, I love Washington so much. Living all of these other places, like, it, it's only made me love Seattle. You know mm. what I mean? So much more and appreciate it. The people, the people, you know, wherever you go, it just, it just matters so much. And in Atlanta, I felt like people were, there, there was racism that was huge. Um, like like from whites to blacks or from blacks yeah. to because sometimes blacks can be racist to blacks oh 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 no 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 and, and, and no you know i often talk about this too um but there's plenty of times when i feel that even black people or colored people period if we have we could be also just as racist to white people you know what i mean a lot of times people like i feel like okay if if you don't want racism in this world and and you are a person of color that doesn't you have to also play that card too you know what I mean you can't see like oh I want I want to be equal and I want whatever but then you still looking at white people like oh white people this white people that it's like what like you're doing the same thing that they do but I feel like when when black people are racist against white people I feel like there's I feel like it's justified like like, I don't blame them at all no for sure but what I'm talking about is that you have to be the change you want to see yes and Mm -hmm. and and okay how how much is is looking at the past going to help us we have to be better than that 
So yes, I understand that things are justified. Yes, I understand that there's so much history and, and there's so much pain, but we're here now. You want to move forward? Okay, well then let's move forward. You know, right? Just like with a, 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 a just like with a, you know, a, a family member or something. You know what I mean? Like like any kind of conflict that happens, it's like the more yes do we need to know where we come from yes is history important most definitely you know what i mean but i'm just saying that i i I feel that for us as people if yeah if we really want to move forward on all of these things that we talk about then we really need to move forward and stop talking about what happened in the past and i'm not saying all that it should not be acknowledged that's not what i'm saying what i'm is that if you want to move forward you have to move forward that's it that's all i'm saying it's time that's, for people to come together. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that's happening. I think that's like happening slowly. Yeah. It's it's hard to come together and move forward when there's such a large people a group of people saying like racism doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's yeah. where it's like painful. Or white oh. people are like, well, I don't see color. I'm not racist. Like, yeah, no, you are. You don't. You don't even realize it, but you are. Yeah. Like, it's just when when everybody could admit that. Uh, brown people are like suppressed and that there is racism then I think we could start healing and moving forward but when people are trying to deny it or deny the severity or make excuses yeah or make excuses then that's like that's real bad yeah during that whole George Floyd thing I I stayed off Facebook or whenever I went on yeah blue moon it was just sickening because you got to see people's real thoughts Yeah. yeah yeah I definitely think yeah it's been a it's been a crazy couple years and it's been like really I've definitely lost friends since all of these topics have happened and since you know the former president by the way one of my friends uh she's a history teacher at Rainier Beach High School and she is so she's like such an activist for rights and all women's rights and races all of it but she was telling me like because she's at this point right now where she's like if you don't have like black lives matter in your profile or your bio like i'm not messing like like she's so on like you know and i told her i was like but you're missing is like jesus right when jesus went to the temple and the 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 the, the, the priests were all like upset because he's sitting over there with all the other people having lunch with them and they're looking at him like why are you why are you with them? Why are you sitting with them? And Jesus looking at them like, I ain't come for you. You good. They the ones that need my help. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. So with her, I'm telling her like, okay, but how many people are you missing out that you could plant seeds because you don't feel that they are, you know, um, anti-racism. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a hard one because I kind of see where she's coming from. If you're, if you haven't acknowledged it yet or you haven't said anything about it, that's that's a little concerning to me because like for example um you, uh, I don't even know the whole story with what whatever LeBron James said about that girl who was murdered by the cop in like self defense mm-hmm. what was that situation I don't know that situation Well at he all. said he said you're next Yeah um, okay he, he tagged him in Twitter so, his Twitter feed Okay yeah. so I've I've been friends with this girl on Facebook for since I opened my Facebook so at least like 4 years during all the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, Aubrey, everybody, she hasn't said shit. She hasn't spoken up. She hasn't said anything. As soon as LeBron tweeted that police officer, then she posted uh, like that viral TikTok of the cop like mocking him. And I'm like, this is what you Mm. choose to talk about after all these years. And that was kind of, 
eye-opening to me because yeah. I was like, you don't have nothing to say about anything but this, but you'll post about this. Right. Yeah. So when your friend is like, aware, but I get why to... your friend doesn't want to fuck with those people because it's like, if you haven't said shit about it, then like that, that says everything. Right. But, but I feel that those are the people that need it the most, right? Like those are the ones that, that we need to reach out to and, and th- because they don't have that awareness. They don't have that understanding. Yeah, but and they what don't do you have say to people like that? I don't even think that it's necessarily that you have to say anything to them, but maybe by being even a Facebook friend to her, yeah. seeing you with your mixed family, mm-hmm. seeing, you mm-hmm. know, maybe mm-hmm. things that you might post or whatever, like hopefully that, you know what I mean? I get like, what you're saying. And I'm more of that mindset as well, but I do understand where she's coming from too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. For sure. it's it's such a crazy time right now because that shift i really do feel there's such a great shift happening in the world right now Mm -hmm. people are becoming more aware and we're waking up to so many things right races just so many things we're we're becoming more aware of um and there are also those people that are just still like under a rock literally you know what bothers the shit out of me is that Mm -hmm. people who are racist they can embrace black culture yeah but yeah. when it comes to actually developing relationships with black people, yeah. they avoid it like the plague. And, yeah. it'll, and it'll be yeah. like the smallest towns in the country of the country. Yeah. And oh, they it's so all, true. It's, oh my it's God. So, it's so true. Even like, um, like me and Salman, I go for walks every day. And like when Salman's in town, because he works in Alaska a lot, like he'll join me on walks and like nobody waves at us. Nobody says hi. But like when I'm by myself, they're like, hi, how are you? How's it going? Uh, you know what I mean? And no. then, yeah, you know, or like if I run, if we're driving at night and it's like two in the morning and I'm like, oh, still stop at 7-Eleven. If I go into 7-Eleven in a sweatshirt with my hood up, nobody says anything. If Solomon goes into 7-Eleven, whoever's working is terrified as fuck. Like, and you could visibly see that they're just like dying for him to leave. Yeah. <laughs> guys crazy and the thing is that Solomon is like the nicest person in the world he's like nice way nicer than me like it's so weird yeah I don't think I've ever met him actually yeah I mean a lot of people up here have like the black lives matter in their yard and stuff so um not always but a lot of the time yeah for sure so uh speaking of Solomon how did you guys meet uh tell us what (laughs) attracted you to him and uh, I also remember, you know, back in the day, you were obsessed with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Now, I, I know Solomon <laughs> kind of resembles Snoop Dogg. At least he did back in the day. He did. Because um, I, I always knew you wanted to be in the dog pound. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so uh, t- t- tell us about, you know, the, okay. the very first days of you and Solomon. Yeah, I was. A th- I do. I was. Me and Jennifer were both obsessed with Snoop Dogg. And I don't really know why, but we just were like not only his music but like him like we thought he was so cute for some reason um but anyways I met Salman at Dynamite uh I had snuck in because I wasn't 16 yet and um I I just remember seeing him and being like oh my god I'm gonna marry I didn't even talk to him I was like I'm I told Jennifer I said I'm gonna marry that guy like oh my god did you see him he looks just like Snoop I'm gonna marry him and she was like what where and we couldn't find him and then I thought he left and then uh like maybe a few minutes later we were walking by and I felt somebody grab my arm and it was him and like we just started talking and I was like obsessed with him instantly and so what made him come over to you were you giving him like the sexy eye 
No, he, no, I don't even know. He said, he said, cause I saw him on the dance floor and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to marry that guy. And then, like I said, I lost him. But he said, when I walked by and he grabbed my arm, that was the first time he had seen me. And he just thought I was super beautiful. And he said that um, like all the girls there were wearing like skirts and like halter tops. And I was wearing a turtleneck and like jeans. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I had my glasses on and he just thought that was really cool, I guess. And he was like, I just thought you looked so like classy and like different, like you didn't care about like getting attention. And so that's what he said is why he grabbed my arm. And then, you know, that was it. It was just white picket fences and birds flying from that point on. Not really. No, but we were always friends. Like, we know, we did that whole, like, makeup breakup for, like, fucking 10 years. 10 years, at least. Um, And I was just, like, obsessed with him. I was so in love with him, but he wasn't ready to commit. We were so young. Uh, You know, he went to a school in Astoria for a couple years. and, And then I think finally around, like, 23, it had been, like, eight or nine years of, like, back and forth. And I just said, like, listen, man. I've been obsessed with you since I was like 15. I'm done waiting around, like either commit to me or like we're done. And so then we moved in and then it's been a wrap ever since, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That, that says a lot about him and you, you know, um, you waited for him and in a sense, yeah. he kind of waited for you subconsciously, yeah. you know, cause he knew that you yeah. were in his back pocket the whole time. He just yeah. wasn't ready, but he knew deep yeah. inside he was going to be with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. And then, you know, when we were like broken up and stuff, I always thought I always suspected he was like dating other girls. And I was always like, I know he is. There's no way like girls show themselves at him all the time. But then like years later, I found out like he in fact, it wasn't he said he really wasn't he maybe dated like one girl, you know, casually, but he said like he was still he said he was still like faithful to me and still was just like, he just wasn't ready to commit, but living, he, knew, yeah. he was just living and doing him. Yeah. So that you was know, kind of easy. Mo- most people say that, you know, um, I'm marrying my best friend, you know, but mm-hmm. really you guys have been best friends, homies yeah. since 15. Yeah. And yeah. you guys are really like the epitome of like best friends. You For know? sure. For sure. Uh, I, definitely yeah. a friendship there. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. I, I trust him with my life. Like I could definitely like commit murder and he would hide it like <laughs> for sure for sure that's yeah. dope yeah like, i don't even know <laughs> yeah he's like what she was home all night i don't know what <laughs> yeah no for sure so i remember you know me kicking it with luke and uh, yeah. luke had a girlfriend uh yeah. megan yeah you were tight with megan right yeah very so yeah. what what happened how did she die it was like i heard it was like an asthma attack yeah so megan um And I were very good friends and she was dating Luke and, you know, it's weird. They were so young, but they were honestly so in love. Like, and I feel like, uh, if there's, if there is a God or whatever you believe in, I feel like he wanted Megan and Luke to have that experience before she died because they were so in love. Um, she had an asthma attack. So the thing about Megan was that her parents, even back then before it was like a fad, they were homeopathic. Um, They didn't really go to the doctors like that. And so she was having trouble breathing, but she didn't want to tell her parents because she didn't want to go to the hospital. 
she wanted to avoid the doctor at all costs. So she was kind of like not telling them how bad it was and like trying to take vitamins and kind of like hide out in her room. And then it got to a point where I guess it was so bad. She finally told him and she died on the way to the hospital. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was really sad. And probably if she had told them like, Hey, I can't breathe. I got to go. Like they would have taken her. She'd still be alive today, but I guess, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. I wonder how her mom and dad feels about that. Maybe if they would have changed stuff around, you know. I, I think that they feel very regretful. I think that, um, I definitely know the mom feels regretful. I think the mom, I remember the mom mentioning that, you know, she wishes she would have just taken her to the ER that morning right straight away. Right. Um, yeah, that's crazy, you know. Um, it's hard to know because kids, teenagers, they're so good at being secretive and not saying anything. And, you yeah, know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her and uh, Luke were inseparable, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just remember Megan being this nice girl. You know, she had a great personality. And then all of a sudden she's not here. It was yeah. just the weirdest thing. Yeah. It was so, it was so unexpected. It was so overnight for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That was a really crazy time. Do you still keep in contact with Luke Barney? I do. So he reached out to me like a couple, like two years ago, maybe. So he's engaged. He's an accountant and he has a baby boy that just turned one named Liam. And so he's doing really good. Wow. Um, crazy. We were, again, we were supposed to get together and then COVID hit, you know, and he had his baby was like a newborn at the time. So it's kind of weird. Like I started reconnecting with all these people mm -hmm. and then COVID hit. And so, but yeah, he's doing Screw really everything good. Up. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where's he living at? Oh, I can't remember. I, I want to say Renton, maybe. Okay. Renton or Bellevue. Uh, so uh, what's his wife's, uh, you know, uh, race? What's her ethnicity? Dude, I don't know, but I want to say Asian because Luke really likes Asian. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to say she is, but I have no idea. Luke had some big ass calf muscles. I remember that shit. <laughs> he did. Oh my God. He did. He really did though. I remember that too. That's so funny. Oh shit. Yeah, he so did. Memories. Yeah. So uh, Sarah, uh, you got five kids. I have three. I love them all, but they drive me insane. How mm -hmm. do you maintain, how do you maintain everything? Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh meditation for sure um yeah uh it, it's, I know because you're a single work. mom too you know I treat my children um I like a unit we're a unit you know what I mean and I don't make decisions without speaking to them they're young you know what I mean but like I I like we have family talks um I think that that is a huge thing when you're raising any child, no matter how many children that you have, but especially when you have such a big group of children, you know, um, I have def anybody that's been around my kids are always like, Oh my gosh, they are like, we train them so well or like whatever, but it, it really is that like, right. You have to, we have to train them. We teach them how to be a lot of that. I feel like is explaining things to them and talking to them and, right. and not just being like, Hey, 
um do like this do instance, that right. so, like for instance if i have people over for like or if, like the other day i had this lady come and she helped me do my taxes um she walked in and she's like there's kids here because it was you know it was quiet and she's like how do you do that and i'm just like you know i explained to my kids before i wasn't just like hey go to the room you know what i mean though they're, they're gonna be like what why they're gonna come out every now and then no so instead i'm like hey you guys this lady's coming over. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing this. I really need you guys to give me some space. I need you guys to be quiet. Like, you know what I mean? And so that they right. understand, you know, more. And instead of just giving them a command, you know right. what I mean? So I think, yeah, that's how I do it is I talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> I treat them like they are humans. I mm. treat them like they, you know, we're, we're, we're like they unit. are. Yes, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're that, together. We're a unit. So yeah, it's kind of like that saying too, like, you know, you treat people, if you treat somebody like a child, they act like a child. Yes. If you treat somebody like exactly. an equal, they act like a, an equal. equal. So um, yeah. Um, I feel that. I totally agree with you for sure. Yeah, I feel that when you have so many children as well, you know, they have to be a little bit more independent. You can't give them their time. I, my children are very independent. Um, I want I think even for me, just growing up, everything was such a secret to me. No, nothing was told to me. I was just told what to do. I, I never want my children to feel that way. So a lot of how do I do it is me remembering. And it's so funny because actually for work, I'm, I, I do parent coaching too. So um, that has helped me tremendously also working with other parents and hearing their stories and things like that. But um yeah, I think that it's really important to talk to your children. They need to know who you are and you need to also realize that they are their own person also. Each one of them, they they have their own story. They have their own feelings. They have their, you know what I mean? And right. to allow them. Treat to, them as, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have to let them tell you who they are and not just think that, oh, this is my child. I know them. No, they you 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 know yeah. how it is each child we all have you know their their personalities start to come out and you have to recognize that just like you can't discipline one child the same way as another like there's you know what i mean it won't they're work. different people exactly yeah. yeah so i think that really um really getting to know who they are is a big key too and so. yeah for sure 100 percent. you got to spend quality time with them you know i'm i'm a big believer in that um, especially with my son, you know, uh, he, the girls grew up with each other, only two years apart, but Kingsley, you know, there's uh there's like a five-year age gap between him and the middle child. So, uh, you know, he doesn't play with his sisters. He plays with me, you know? Yeah. So me and him are like homies. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome because when he gets older, I'm, I'm going to like, he's going to come to me with everything because we spent so much time together, you know? Yeah. So, um, Sarah, when, when your kids are not acting like angels, if, yeah. you know, and they act the total opposite, what do you do um, to, to ease yourself, to relax? I think you said meditate, right? Yeah, a lot of times, yeah, you sometimes you have to walk away. I mean, just like dealing with Nassau or whatever, you have yeah. to walk away sometimes and be like, okay, they're in a mood, you know what I mean? And also allow them to know, like, hey. I don't like, I, like I said, I talk to my children. I'm not just so demanding. So it's like, right. Hey, uh, I don't know what's going on with you, but that's unacceptable. The way you're right. acceptable. And I don't think that you would want someone to treat you like that. Like maybe you need to go to your room and you need to think about this for a second. And when you come back out, yeah. if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. 
You know what I mean? Like children don't just do things. They're not just bad. There's always a reason. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, I mean, if you think about you as a kid, like, yeah, we were confused as hell. You kind of, you're just learning everything. Like you don't know why you feel the way you feel. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like they need to be talked to. And yeah. also sometimes they need their space, just like yeah. we need our space, <laughs> you know? Like- I I saw one thing that was kind of like life-changing for me. And it was like, we as adults have bad days. Some days things just don't go the way. Or some days we're just not feeling it. We don't really know why, but yet we expect kids to always be like on good, be- yeah, yeah. On good behavior. Yeah. Like they aren't supposed to have a bad day. And I was like, that's so true. Like, why is that? Why do we tell kids who are emotionally like, not mature at all to be like oh just smile and tough it out yeah and like they're like more fragile than us (laughs) like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for sure Mm -hmm. you know they have bad days also you know my oldest daughter kylie she comes up to me and Alyssa with everything you know because we've always told her from a young age sweetheart not everything is going to be easy in your life even though you're young if you have any problems feel free to come to me or Alyssa or your mom you know and uh, we'll talk about it And she comes to us with everything, you know, and um, obviously the girly, girly stuff. I I don't even know what to say. She she goes straight to Alyssa, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) because no way. But yeah, yeah, it's it's so important to talk with your kids. But yeah, sometimes like with my three kids, I got to go away. Like I got to go downstairs on my kids. Don't bother me for an hour. I need to take a break, you know, and I'll just watch TV or read a book and then I'm good to go. So for sure. But (laughs) Sarah, tell me a little bit about, um, creator vibes. Okay. Um, I started creator vibes because I'm, I'm in marketing, but what's been, well, so so the name creator vibes was important to me because I truly believe that we're all creators. Um, why I love marketing is I just truly love when I can sit down with someone and they have like a passion, right? Um, And I can help them bring that to reality. So creator vibes, right? Um, Recently, I've kind of been going more towards like the spiritual realm of I'm really into like healing and, you know, so I'm kind of changing my direction. Um, And so I still use creator vibes and I've been starting to do like mindset awareness uh, sessions with people. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what creator vibes is about and I'm, i mean that's still just building you know and basically you're elevating people's mental health too right would you say that's kind of yeah most definitely uh, most definitely yeah it's, it's so important for sure I, I, again it just goes back to awareness mm-hmm. once we are more aware of where we are we, we we block ourselves from so many blessings right and it's not just because we do that. There's reasons why, right? So it's, whether it's our childhood or a bad relationship that happened to us, or maybe it was even like a teacher that just told you something negative and you took it to heart and you kept that inside all your life. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's certain behaviors that we have that we don't realize because we hold are holding on to so much. And so, right. yeah. Yeah. We just need to take a seat and breathe you know, and enjoy our surroundings. You know, there's so much pressure to succeed in this day and age, you know? Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't like that 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we were still in the 2000s. 
you know, mm-hmm. but it was so different back then. You just found a job, found a career and Hey, I might have some kids pay the bills. I'm going to have my hobbies and life is going to be good. But now it's just, everything has changed. You well, know, it's so expensive to live and, you yeah. know, because we're constantly now we have social media. That's that's what's going on. We, now we are constantly looking at other people's lives. We're constantly comparing ourselves oh. to other people more than ever yeah. in any other generation. You know what I mean? So that yeah, such an excellent point right there. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the thing is, is that yeah, people want to be successful, but what is success? We we have it all wrong. Yeah, success is not wealthy. Success yeah. is not. Success right. is waking up happy every yeah. day with what you have right now. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. Also, it's like astronomically expensive to survive. <laughs> and they told us growing up, like, oh, when you hit your 30s, you'll have good credit, financial freedom. You'll be a homeowner and have like three kids. And they lied. Like, yeah. they lied because <laughs> at 30, you don't really have you're still a kid you're just getting old and like yeah and then we get anxious anxiety depression we're comparing ourselves to social media and everybody wonders why we're so anxious and depressed well because nobody prepared us for financial decisions and now we're comparing ourselves to all these right influencers and celebrities that seem to have everything and like we why can't we're working so hard and we're not getting it because they told us if you work hard you can get whatever you want well i'm busting my ass and don't have I still can't afford a house <laughs> so you know it's it's a really crazy time yeah really being crazy. successful in my eyes is a mind state exactly you know? yeah. exactly you got to be happy for sure yeah exactly totally I you know and a part of creator reps too like basically for the past uh definitely four years I kind of just have dove into self-development and healing really and I I I'm just a completely different person right now than Mm -hmm. I've ever been. Um, And I want, I can truly say that I am so happy within myself. I love myself so much that it's like dangerous. Like it's amazing. And I want that for everyone. I want that so much for, for everyone to just, uh, but it's the hardest work to do, to look at yourself and check yourself and mm-hmm. heal from past, you know, traumas or whatever. So, yeah, and I, can, I can vouch for that as well, because she did a mindful awareness. Was it reading? Did. Yes, the she, session, my- she did a session on me and it is life changing. It seems so simple, but Thank she just you. asked the questions that you would never ask yourself. But the answers are right there. You just need to ask yourself the right questions mm-hmm. everything is right there for you to be happy and so like I can if you're listening to this hit her up and have a <laughs> session because it's crazy it really I, when she first told me I was like okay goofball yeah you yeah. know I was like <laughs> okay <la-da." laughs> but no it's real shit it's and I think that's one of the reasons we've reconnected yeah. over the years because we just aligned like that and it's really cool yeah, that's awesome, you know, that you're willing to help people out, get them aware of themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so do you charge? Is it is it free or? No, it's not free. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, audience. <laughs> um, however, I'll do one with you for free, you know, um, because I do, you know, I want like just what Mary said, which thank you so much. That makes me so happy. But, um, you know, part of it is again, spreading that awareness and putting it out there. So yeah, yeah, I want people to 
to do it and, and, you know, refer me, you know, but uh, well, I'll definitely hit you up for that. And uh, yeah. what's a way for people to inquire about that specifically from you? Do, do they just uh, hit, hit you up right? on, mm-hmm. on the telephone or hit messenger yeah. on Facebook, hit me up, man. Nohalani Noah on Facebook. My phone number, 323-994-8465. Yeah, I'm right here. (laughs) That's what's up. So, uh, Ali, tell us about your new new man, your current husband. How'd you guys meet? We're not married. Oh, Um, okay. No, no, we're not married. uh, But he is, uh, he was my brother's friend, um, which I have known him since like junior high. His sister was my grade um, and they were your older, um, but yeah, he came into my life. Uh, he came into my life when I feel like I, I needed that. And he is, you know, definitely we've taught each other a lot. Um, he's the first white man I've ever been with. And there's just so much learning that has happened. With that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for both of us, you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah. That's awesome. What's his name? His name is Dustin. Dustin. Okay. Shout out to Dustin. Shout out to Dustin. Dusty. Rusty. So he, he he took to your five kids right away. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like he, he kind of came into my life where, you know, I'm like not trying to have a boyfriend. Like I was the last thing on my mind was a man. You know, that's not what I was wanting at all. And uh, he kind of, he knew my situation, obviously. He's, he he's knows not just my brother, but even my sister was like his manager for years. Um, he knows a lot of my family. And so, you know, that made it more comfortable, but I wasn't, um, I kind of told him like, look, I can't do this. Like I got these kids, like I can't just be like leaving them to hang out with you. Like that's not what I'm on right now. And his reply was, okay, well then I think I should meet them now. <laughs> And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> wow. He took charge. <laughs> Five kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he always, he, you know, obviously he knew what the situation was. And, uh, you know, we, we, I, I, it was definitely a big risk. I think that, um, yeah, it was a, it was a big risk to take. I was coming out of a really, you know, a bad place in my life, but I was also really happy and, um, to, to finally be free from that. And um, I really don't recommend for people to like leave a relationship and get into another one right away. That's not ever, you know, but I will say that if you kind of allow things to unfold, you know, and you, you do kind of just go with the flow um, and let them be, there's great lessons there too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, God makes things happen for a reason, but sometimes God will take you only so far and then it's up to you to, you know, match together the missing pieces. Definitely. You know, so, um, yeah, that's crazy. So I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ali, me and you were talking and uh, you were talking about uh, child abuse and you were going to start up like a, a, a nonprofit. Something um, to do with something to do with about child abuse was that was that right yeah. so i am a uh, child sex abuse survivor i don't want to say survivor i, I um I'll, I'll say thriver that's because of this this uh this man 
kind of has this thing where he was like, no, we're not victims. We're not survivors. We are thrivers. And so it hit me. So I'll say I'm a thriver. (laughs) Um, Yes. So child sex abuse is a very deep passion for me. I think it's probably my purpose of why I'm here on earth. Um, But yeah, so we had talked about that a little bit. I am at a point right now where I would, you know, that everything that I'm doing, I kind of feel like will lead up to that. Um, I understand it's going to take some time and I'm kind of, I'm still in the works of figuring out what I'm exactly going to do. I have no idea. And I'm kind of putting that in God's hands as well. Uh Um, But yes, I, child sex abuse, it's something that people need to understand is more common than not. Mm. Um, It's literally happening all over the world. Every single country, every race, um, and again, people, you know, don't realize the effects of it. We look at the people, even homeless people, uh, the, the juvenile system, and then they enter the system and then they go to prison. There's so many, you know, drug addicts, you know, like when, when something like that happens to you at such a, a young age, any trauma, right, that happens to you at such a young it, age. It, it, yeah. Um, you it, you. Yeah take that and and things happen and you make wrong choices because you are not guided well or you just have this pain trying to numb it yeah. erase it exactly. by, and you make these decisions that yeah and that's the worst type of abuse ever child abuse because that ptsd uh, you know can live with you for forever you know <laughs> And that's a huge reason why I dove into healing, right? That's, yeah. that's you know, it's um, I can't even I can't even speak on all of it right now, just because there's that's so much. much. Uh, but well, it sounds the- like you're heading in the right path. You got the mental awareness. Yeah. You know, you're working to to help people with you know their child abuse past stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of positive things on the table for you. I think. Thank you. I think awareness is literally everything because if like one girl or boy is being molested and they even just overhear somebody say, oh, I was molested as a kid, just for them to hear that, they might make all the different choices in the world just by overhearing something that simple that like they're not alone. And so like, I think awareness and talking about it is everything and putting it out there. Yeah, for sure. You know what? I, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I actually am going to say this right now, just in case somebody out there needs to hear this, right? Just recently, I did something um, like a this kind of healing ceremony thing. And um, I, <laughs> I, 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 all my life, I, I thought, or all my life, um, when this happened to me as a child, I remembered this as I was only molested. That's what I thought that Mm. I was just molested for years, you know? And recently I, you know, with diving in deeper into healing and things like that, um, I actually was revealed and and I unblocked, uh, you know, what I was blocking basically a memory. And, uh, I realized that I wasn't just molested for years. I was raped for years. Now, if anybody is listening to this and you know, you have a similar story or whatever, the reason why I'm sharing this is that you would think that maybe like, once you feel this, like, yeah, I had to take a couple days to process and everything. But once I really looked at this and I allowed myself to go there and uh, 
you know, just to heal, right? I like, again, if you, if you hear me, like I am the happiest I have ever been because I faced it. Right. And I now, like for so many years, I, I thought I was good. I thought I was good. I thought I dealt with it. I, I was at peace. But what I realized is I was at peace with it. Right. I had, and, and there's so many people that walk around and they're not even at peace with it, you know? Mm. But for me, yeah, I was telling myself, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Whatever. I'm done. I, I can talk about it now, whatever. But what I realize now is that I had not let it go. I was just at peace with it. But now I have, I, I feel free. I, I have, because I have faced it, now yeah. I'm really able to let it go. And now I can really be free. Were you at peace with it or were you at peace with just letting it rest there? You were, um, if I could kind of ascertain, you were kind of just avoiding it and just kind of accepting it, but you weren't facing it head on. Uh, now that you faced your fears, it, basically with what would happen, what happened back in the day now, it's totally acceptable to live with it, right? Well, and that's the thing. I think that <laughs> that's the problem once these things happen to you, you live with it. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that it is okay to let let go. I do not live with it now. I, yeah. And, and for anybody that also, any traumas in your life, there's an, so the, the, the meditation, the meditation, the mindset awareness session I do with people is, uh, you know, it's basically goes into where I kind of meditate on your vibe. And I, and I kind of come up with these, um, more personalized affirmations, Please, if anybody needs to let something go, um, one thing that I would tell myself constantly, I would look at myself and I would think is uh, this happened to me. It does not define me. You know, I would continue to say that to myself over and over and over. And that helped me so much. It, that even helped me get out of my marriage because my, you know, my husband, he would like literally put that on my head as if there was something wrong with me because this had happened to me. So that's why that affirmation came to me. And I started to use that so much in my everyday life all day. I would say that to me and that helped me to leave him, you know, man. So he would use that against you. Yeah. Men, there are definitely men and women that do this to people. They, they, they will, you know, they know your history they know your what your weaknesses are right. and they put that on you yeah but that, that's fucked up man you're giving this man five kids and you know just that's, that's such a sensitive topic what happened to you when you were a kid right but you know? again that's because of his own like i'm I, I sit here and i say that and i don't want to put him down right right he has his own traumas that he maybe needs to deal with that i may not even know mm -hmm. about you know so hopefully you know like people people again you, that's coming from a pain within him and that's what I understand hurt people hurt people exactly yeah exactly mm -hmm. we just need to live in a you know a blissful world that's for sure I wish <laughs> so um so now that brings us to our next segments I'm going to ask you guys your top five favorite shows movies mm -hmm. and musical artists from mm -hmm. the 90s so, uh, Mary, I'm going to ask you first. Mary, what is your top five favorite TV shows from the 90s? Oh, my gosh. The 90s. Well, definitely Sex and the City, even though it was like 99 and then 2000. That's <laughs> yeah. considered top one. Uh, so that, that's your uh, tippy top one. 
No, 90210. The original 90210 is yeah. top one. Like, yeah. don't get it twisted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm like a little ashamed yeah. it took me that long. 90210, Sex in the City. Um, you know what's sad? I was like watching Nick at night in the 90s. <laughs> 90s. Uh, Baywatch. I never oh watched God. Baywatch. Really? I saw and watched Baywatch. A little pervert. MacGyver. Oh, I guess oh, that's more Tom. like 80s. And stuff. So we got 90210, Sex in the City, Nick at Night, and what else? I don't know. What was on in the 90s? So much, dude. Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like, what was on TGI Friday? Step by Step, Boy Meets World. Oh, Topanga. Just, Topanga uh, yeah. the, the, I would rush home. Oh, my gosh. For that MTV uh, TRL. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would rush home to get that at 3 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> dude, that was the shit, TRL. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Okay. Another. So that's yeah. five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, Ollie, what about you? Uh, yeah, those. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, here's another question. I want you to, I want you to say five different shows than what Mary said. Okay, so TRL. Um, of course, I go to music first. <laughs> um, yeah, Family Matters, I think it was called, right? Yeah. Is that with Steve yeah. Urkel? Yeah. I think um, that's the '80s show. Is, is that with Urkel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the '80s. Was it '80s? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was like late '80s. Yeah. Come on, guys. So 90s. 90s, 90s, 90s. I feel like I'm drawing a blank on shows in the 90s because all I remember, all I watched was music videos. Mm. <laughs> you know, like 106 in Park yeah. and I have to say different. Oh, uh, and Tigga's Basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Dark, BET After Dark. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, um Oh yeah, what was that on uh, BET anyway? Their countdown, whatever that. Uh, one hundred and six in Park. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so we got TRL, uh, one hundred and six in Park. Yeah, music definitely raised me. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. Let's say you're just chilling, eating like a microwave dinner. What would you be watching as a shorty? In the nineties. Yeah. The same show I was watching. Yeah. Exactly. Saved by the Bell. Okay. Friends? Did you watch Friends? I didn't get Maybe into now and then. I didn't get into Friends until I was like, like on maternity leave. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got three: TRL, 106, and Friends. No, we wouldn't say Friends for me. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, back to two. It's so hard because I'm not really a TV person. I still am not. Um, Did you ever watch Blossom? Oh, oh Blossom yes. Yeah. Yes. Whoa, Joey. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yes, for sure. Awesome. What about Clarissa oh, Explains It All? Uh, oh, Car- the Cosby Show. That's I guess 80s. that's 80s. Yeah. Clarissa Explains It All was good. Doug, Rugrats. What about Hey Dude? Okay. That yes, was good. Know. And Camp. What was that? Camp- Salute, Salute Your Shorts. Shorts. Yeah. Damn. I think it was like. Camp on Awana. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you. It makes you want to fart. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Wow. You know, I think I remember the Hey Dude song. You guys have to sing along with me if you remember. I don't remember it. It's a little hard and it's a little strange, 
When you make your home ride on the range, <laughs> grab your horse and come along. But you can't get a ride if you can't hold on. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't remember the words, but that was definitely. And then there was like a horse showing away. Hey, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. All right. So, Mary, uh, mm-hmm. top five favorite movies from the 90s. Oh, uh, Casino, Goodfellas. Uh, the 90s. Oh, I really liked Fear. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. So good. Uh, I liked Overnight Delivery a lot, too, with Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it was it was it's probably a shitty movie. But back then it was like really good. What else? Um, there's so many good movies from the 90s. Yeah. Oh, True Romance. For sure. Oh, yeah. Christian Slater. Yeah. What about Shudder? Shudder wasn't in the 90s. Oh, I don't okay. Think. But yeah, that was a good one. You're always um, telling me about that. Kenya, yeah. you got to watch it. I'm like. And you do. It's so ah. good. That was in the two. That's in the 2000s, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Was that five? That is. Yeah. Casino, okay. Goodfellas, uh, Fear, Overnight Delivery, and True, Roma- True Romance. Yeah. Now, what about you, Ali? Uh, I'm just going to say what comes up to my head. I'm thinking okay. uh, Poetic Justice is oh, definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. I watched that the other night. Um, Lion King. Yes, for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 90s, 90s. Oh, Home Alone was good. Home Alone. I was obsessed with that as a Home kid. Alone. But that was 80s. No, that was 90s. What movie? Four. Home Alone. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, 1990. For sure. One of the movies. Um, you know what's funny is growing up, uh, my mom, my doctor, she was obsessed with Steven Seagal. Yes, so honey. Under Siege. Yes, Under Siege. Yes. <laughs> oh. um, all of those movies, I swear. My mom was too. And Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. My mom loved Van Damme. Yes. <laughs> my mom, my mom loved all white men. Yeah, those were the options back then. Hard Target was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what other movie? Nineties movie. Nineties, nineties, nineties. What would I watch? Ninja Turtles. Oh, I love. Um. Now and then, I used to love that one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that was mm-hmm. such a, like a girl movie yeah. back then in Babysitters Club. For sure. And what? One more. So I got Poetic Justice, Lion King, Home Alone, and what was the fourth one? Now and then. Okay, now and then. Ghost. Um. Yeah, Ghost was good. I'll just Ghost. say Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> oh God, that was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Lonnie, top five favorite musical artists from the 90s. Word. Are you serious right now? All right. Pac, Selena, Biggie. All right. Uh, Common. I have to come up with different ones? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, you, that's... Well, um, no, you can say the same. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm you, girl. Who else has that comment? And uh, uh, Brandy. All right. 
I was obsessed with Randy. I was obsessed. All right, Mary, it's your turn. From the 90s. Randy changed my life. Uh, definitely Pac and Biggie. Fuck that Mace, too. Mm. I like Mace mm. was good. Oh, yeah, good. Hell uh, yeah. Any uh, niggas y'all remember the first uh, time Cool J? Does LL Cool J count? Or, it, was, I know it, was, it was Harlem at the Ruckers. I saw you with your man. Smile. Yes, okay. I see you at the bus stop every day. Your man must think it's safe for you to travel yeah. there. Oh, John B. John and B. I don't want to violate your relationship, so I lay back in the cut with a crush that's a trick. Yeah, hey. yeah, and I John B. Like the sharks, man. Is that it? Is that five? Uh, you said Pac, Biggie, Mace, LL, and John B. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe you didn't say your crush. Oh, Snoop! Yeah. Damn, well, shit. <laughs> you're we're talking about nineties, bro. Everybody was good in the nineties. No, yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, all okay. right. So it's about that time. You guys know what it's time for? What? It's time for some trivia. Some 90s trivia. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. So whoever wants to answer first, you have to say your name because we're going to be keeping the tally here. We're going to see who wins. We have to say our name first, like Mary. Yeah. Yep. So if you want to say the answer, just say Mary. All right. So who was the host of MTV's The Grind? Um, you guys remember the grind? Yeah, I have no idea. Why don't I? Oh, that? Mary, Carmen Electra? Nope. Fuck. I remember the grind. It was just a bunch of people dancing on the beach. And it, it was a guy. He had like an eight pack. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I I can picture it, but I don't. Re- I I could never think of his name. Okay, Ollie, do you give up? You got, you got an answer, Ollie? It was a guy. It was a guy. Wait, is he well known? Like, would we know him now, or is that well, all? I'll, he did? I'll, I'll give you a hint. Okay. He was in the first Real World season. Oh my god! Uh, I'm not gonna get that. Is he a black guy? Right? He's white. Damn. Real one. Yeah. First real world. We were too young for the first season. I mean, we were, I was like four or five. I give up, because I'm not going to come up. Oh, wait, wait, Pat. What's not Pat? No. I give up. Eric Meese. Never would have thought of that. Never would have gotten that. Yeah. All right. And uh, did you guys come up with the question? Mm-hmm. Did you guys come up with a 90s question? For you? Well, yeah, well, yeah, because uh, it was we were going to come up with three each. Oh, totally missed I that. didn't know oh, that. Oh, 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 Did so you good. say that? Yeah, I, I put it in the in the text a couple weeks ago, but it's all good. I wrote okay. down a bunch of questions, so. Okay. Um, let's see here. But you know the answer. Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't know the answers to yours, to your questions. I know, so... We have to come. We have to come up with questions for you. Otherwise, it's not fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just think of some questions. I'll be chilling. Has to be nineties, okay. you said. Get, well, yeah. Let, let's stick with nineties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, shit. I don't remember. 
there was okay i'll ask you a similar question though you probably already have it who was the female host of that dating show on mtv what was that called singled out singled, singled out. out who was the female host that singled out well that's kind of a trick question because there was two but if we're talking about the initial host, it was Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Wow, look at him. He's so... I know. <laughs> he has that question right now. No, that, that wasn't one of my questions. Okay. All right. Ollie, you got a question? Not yet. I'll okay. tell you. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got one. Name Brandy Monica's and Aaliyah's first hit singles from the 90s. Brandy. Say your name. Say your name? <laughs> oh. Holy. <laughs> Holy. Uh, uh, I think Brandy's was, uh, I don't know if it was the first one though, but I want to get down, I want to say. You are correct. Ding, that, ding, ding. You know what's crazy is that oh man that song made me fall in love with that song I was like a little girl listening to that I didn't even know what they were talking about in that song but it made me like reason why I went towards music is that song yeah like that, that song was dope um uh, wow I'm right okay so Monica Monica's first hit single yeah I, I don't remember Hit single. I'll give you a hint. Here we are today. We, we all, I'll give you a hint. We all have we all have these type of uh, days here. No, oh, that's brand. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know it is. But you said your name. You gotta answer it. Come on. Um, we all have these type of days. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a humongous hint right there. Yeah, that's a cute. That's I, I, I more know lyrics than name of, of songs. So as, as soon as we say it, you're going to be like, oh my God. Right, exactly. Just one of them days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the song? Just one of them days. Just one of them days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you said who, Aaliyah? Yeah. First hit single, um, oh, uh, AJ number number. No? Uh, well, that's on that album, but I'm not sure if it came out before this, the one, the, the answer that I put. What is your answer? Back and forth. That's, yeah. that's my favorite Leah song. Let me see you go back. All right. Okay. All right, so did you guys come up with a question? Who? What was the actress's name that played Alex Mack? I don't even know who that is. You don't remember the show Alex Mack? Nope. Nickelodeon? No. I, I never watched. I mean, I watched like Hey Dude and Clarissa Explains It All, but okay. not Alex Mack. She was the cute younger sister in 10 Things I Hate About You. She, Bianca. Wasn't that her name? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I remember uh, Julia Stiles was in 10 Things I Hate About You, right? Yeah, and her younger sister, the actress that played her younger sister. Huh. I couldn't tell you. I'm like a deer in the headlights right now. Okay. Uh, let's see. 
I have to look it up. Larissa Olianek. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, no. can't believe, I can't believe you didn't watch Alex Mack. I totally thought you would, like, know that off top. No, uh-uh. Okay. Man, I was watching, like, Fresh Prince and Martin and... Yeah. Oh, Martin. Fuck. Yes. Damn, Martin. That's okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Name okay. five. This is for both of you. Name five Jim Carrey movies from the 90s. Bro. Oh, so easy. Uh, uh, Ace Ventura. Liar, liar. <laughs> Ace Ventura. Wow, you said it was easy. Wait, who <laughs> Jim Carrey? Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. What else? What else? Wow, there's so many. Where is nothing else coming ahead? In the nineties. It's hard it's hard to separate the nineties from the two thousands for us. Yeah. You got two wow. more movies. Two more. Oh my god. Was the one where he was a vampire in the eighties or nineties? That was the eighties. That was my favorite one. That was like his first film. Yeah. Okay. Er, I think um, it's called Earth Girls or Easy. No, that's a different one, isn't huh. it? Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Uh, damn. You said the mask? Oh, okay. Doesn't Living Color count? Nope. Does it have to be? Okay. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. <laughs> uh, one more. I'm so... Was oh, me, my... myself, and Irene? No, that was... That was 99. You got it. Oh, okay, cool. okay. Yeah. yeah. There, there was also Dumb and Dumber and the Cable Guy. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber is like the best one. Right. How did I forget yeah. that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what yeah. is considered the first reality TV show? Real World. You got it. Yeah, for sure. I'd say it's pretty much a tie between both of you. I'd say I won. Yeah. But, <laughs> totally. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So our last set, what, did you guys have any more questions for me? Or just for each other or off the top? Yeah, I mean, so question for you uh, with doing this podcast, you know, how, how do you feel – like what? What are you trying to do with this podcast? Who are who are you trying to reach out? What are what are your goals? Just with this? reaching out to anyone who wants to listen. You know, I'm just doing this for fun. If money comes, it comes. You yeah. know, sponsored from Anchor. You know, yeah. but to get you know like Buku bucks, you need thousands and thousands of listeners. And this whole platform is free. And I'm just doing this to escape from reality. Really, you know. Yeah. Whenever the kids are doing their own thing, you know, I think about a guest I want to interview. You know, I have a lot of friends on Facebook and yes. you know, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by other people's stories, you know, yeah. and um, I just love, you know, getting to figure out people's life and, you know, their backstories, stuff like that. And uh, really to be 100% transparent with you, this is just all for fun. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. And this is exactly like what I have been craving is just to reconnect with people and like talk to people and like, you know. Well, you know fun. what you guys should do because you guys have a good energy together. You guys mm -hmm. should start up your own podcast and just, you know, interview people. 
or just talk about topics. I think you guys would be great. Uh, so last, uh, last, last segment, who are five famous people you would want at your barbecue picnic dead or alive? Wow. Patrick Swayze <laughs> for sure. Ellen. No. Well, that, 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 that'd be a lot of funny conversations with Ellen there. <laughs> Wait, who did this, it has to be a certain type of person or what? No, a dead or alive. Do we each come up with five people? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say, you go first. Ellen? I want to say Robin Williams because I really oh. want to know what happened. I, I don't know why that bothers me so much, but Robin Williams. Yeah. like I really want to know what happened with him. Um... Yeah, that's so sad. He was losing his mind for sure. Yeah. You know, and he knew, he knew that. So. The autopsy, yeah, the autopsy revealed he had early signs of like a really uh, progressive dementia that was happening really rapidly. Uh, who, who I want to fuck with? Who do I want to fuck with? <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe someone that's funny, someone that could, you know, bust out a verse, someone could talk about their music. Just there's so many people. There's so many people. Five is hard. I can't even think of any more. There's no problem right now. I don't know. Uh, people out there. You know why? I'm, God, I'm just so not into like the world right now. That's why I'm like, I'm, all I've been doing is like they meditation. Family members even, couldn't they? Or they have to be celebrities that are alive. You said celebrities only? Uh, just five famous people, you know, that uh, everyone pretty much knows, dead or alive, you know, at your barbecue. Oh, mine be fucked up. <laughs> oh, that's even more. I'm, now I'm ready to hear that. Tell me. Yeah. What if I had, like, Ted Bundy? Hey, it's all good. Like, like not, not. Oh just, God, you would. No, I dude, don't like. He was one. Dangerous, but like, if I could like I ask questions, question. yeah, or like John Benet Ramsey, I'd be like, who the fuck killed you? Yeah, dude, Ted Bundy. He was one fucking hell of a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Patrick Swayze, J Lo, because she seems like a girl's girl. She seems fun. Oh, Cardi B. Cardi oh. B for sure. I want to take shots with Cardi B so fucking bad. Yeah, she, she's a riot. She's amazing. Jimmy Fallon. I got Patrick, Cardi, Jimmy Fallon. I'm not inviting Jimmy Ted Fallon. Bundy. So I know. To, oh, uh, Rob Deerdick. The skateboarder? Yeah. Gotcha. He's funny and fun. And he has money to just blow on the <laughs> stupid shit. All these like motivational people are coming into my head, like Deepak Chopra, fucking <laughs> Oprah. No, <laughs> you want to yeah. take shots? Fuck that. Maybe not. I'm not there right now. I, don't know. Uh, I need to think of one more person. This is. I bet Ollie's glad you're going first. It gives her time to think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who would be my fifth. Maybe Marilyn Monroe. I feel like she could use a fun night and know that. Nice. Know, she... 
she didn't have an easy go at things and that if she was alive today two just came to my that, head that, that's some good picture right there. cardi b equals five people by herself anyways so <laughs> for me missy elliott and madonna add to the list okay, okay. missy elliott madonna ellen robin williams that's four last yes. one um Will Smith. Will wow. Smith, that's dope. You can have a good time. Man, so that wraps up this episode, guys. You know, I had a blast having both of you on. Um, any parting words you guys want to say to the audience? Um, I wish all love and light. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I think that this is awesome, Kenyon. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Thanks. yes, for sure. And um, I'm going to send you guys, uh, you know, a link here shortly when okay. I publish it. So, um, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this week's episode of The Hill. And we will catch you next week. But, uh, you know, after a few drinks, I was just like, fuck it. Well, it was all about that action pulse. You know, are they dating or are they just homies? Are you from Kenya? <laughs> oh, that's really? such yeah, that's such a unique name. Um, are you African? It's like a bull in a china shop. Like it's it's, it's crazy how the paradigm has shifted. Man, who is this cute motherfucker? Dude, a damn space jam. Could be sitting in my drawers right now with my with my neck inflator. Dude trying to fight me in the streets of Charlotte. So don't forget to clap your fingers and toes when you think about me, baby. That's the road. Emasculated by his wife. All of a sudden, the flavor of the month Patriot fans start screaming when they're required for the whole game. Like, like, like forever? Like, you never get to sleep? Fuck out of here. Think, get the fuck out of here. here. You gotta get the legal team on that. Man, you better, you better be careful, man. Freaking the, the governor of Portland is gonna come against you. I feel like a cheat. Yup. I'm gonna go for real on the infinite expanses of time. Just go get knocked up. Everything will be all good.